some stories that may be just too good to be true. Welcome. This is July 18th, our Monday morning message, and we're wrapping up the Apocrypha today. Just going to briefly mention a few other books and then move on. All right. The uh, third Maccabees, which you will find in most collections of the Apocrypha, has nothing to do with the Maccabees at all. It's entirely a work of fiction, holy fiction, but still fiction. Didn't occur. And some of the stories in there are really great. It is thought probably it was written by a Jew who lived in North Africa and wanted to make sure Ptolemy, who is one of the, the, um, the dynasties that inherited Alexander the Great's empire, that Ptolemy would not come after the Jews. And so it writes a story, and, and I love the story, of Ptolemy deciding to kill the Jews by using drunk elephants. Are you interested yet? Uh, getting elephants drunk and then running them through the people to stomp them. Probably a highly um, inefficient way of killing people. By the way, Jew, uh, um, elephants had been used to kill people for a very long time. And still, it still happened until the very early 1900s in places like India. But there, they weren't drunk. They were trained to kill. Uh, prisoners would have to put their head down on a block and an elephant would squish the head, usually slowly. I'm sorry for the picture in your head, but reality is, <coughs> excuse me. So he got a whole bunch of Jews together, Ptolemy did in this story, got 500 elephants drunk, which is a process that would have been highly entertaining to see, although very unethical, and then turned them loose, but they didn't. And then Ptolemy in the book sees what a great God the Jews have, he converts. And the conversion day was held as a festival day among the Jewish people, except it didn't happen. Uh, there's, there's no history there. Just a fun book. So again, not a, not a lot I can do with it other than that. There's also Psalm 151, which is in the Apocrypha. It is a neat little psalm. Uh, and it originally was rejected by the Catholics because uh, Jerome said there was no Hebrew version of it. Well, later, it's found in the Dead Sea Scrolls in Hebrew. So, yeah, it, it was a very ancient psalm, and most likely it was used by Christ and, and by the Jews of his age. So, you can read it there. Um, there are two different sources for the psalm and there are slightly different readings. And so if you look up Psalm 151a and Psalm 151b, you can compare the two, but that might be unnecessary. Just find a version of it and read it. I think you would, I think you would like that. And then that's it for the Apocrypha. But what about all the other books we've heard about? Well, there were, there were other books. Christians didn't stop writing and people who knew a little bit, didn't stop writing. Maybe they only read some of the Psalms, some of the wisdom literature, some of Jesus' sayings, and then they started writing down stuff. This is not unusual. And I have a very, very dear friend who is a Muslim, and he is a professor of ancient languages. And he and I have sat and talked about this, that they have two sources of religious doctrine. Uh, well, I'm going to do it this way, then I'll add to that the Quran, and then the Hadith. The Hadith is a collection of sayings of Muhammad. 
because the Quran he he wrote, but then he died. And they believed that there were a whole lot more things that he said that didn't make it into his book that was that were never written down. So they many years after his death, these great leaders of the different Islamic families around the region got together and they collected the things which he had said which had never been written down. There are, I've, I'm told, and it gives me hope, that uh, there, there are movements within Islam to drop the Hadith because it is all, almost entirely, not words from Muhammad. And it's the Hadith, by the way, which is the mean, nasty things that, that are sometimes used by jihadists um, in the Quran, Jesus is mentioned many times, and Muhammad, I think, is only mentioned once, maybe twice. It is, uh, it's a whole different book. Uh, so that said, and the third stream, which I was just thinking about later, was that they do believe that their great teachers, uh, their great imams, can receive revelations and pass on the teaching to this very day. That said, um, there were Christians that were writing stuff too that said, this is what we think Jesus said. Uh, who knows where they got it from? But some of it was from Gnostic thought, and I have no interest in trying to explain Gnosticism because you can't. Look it up, read about it, you'll find that there were so many different kinds. Basically, it meant this. If you had knowledge, you were powerful and you were saved, um, but that knowledge saved you four different things. I mean, there's a, there was a major thread of Gnosticism, major stream that said you just, anything physical could not have been made by the real God. And once you understood the real God, then you did not care for the physical anymore. And these people would starve themselves to death, deny themselves pleasure. Then there were Gnostics that said, same thing, the God that made the universe was not the real God because the universe is full of awful stuff. But once we realize that, then it doesn't matter what we do with our bodies. And so they were just sex and alcohol and as much as they wanted to, they lived their lives in that way. Both of them are called Gnostics and there are a whole bunch of different varieties of this. Well, in 1945, there was a guy named Muhammad al-Saman who was a poor farmer who found a sealed jar in which were seven leather covered codices. And uh, that's, a, that's a book. They were really a library uh, of 52 books put into these three different codices. They were Gnostic books. And there was also three magical books. And there was a copy of Plato's Republic. And so, um, um, wow, you don't find stuff like this. Because they dated way back, way back in there. Some of these books had not been seen since about the year 300, because in 367, there was a bishop that put an anathema on some of these books. And so probably whoever buried this was trying to avoid being excommunicated or killed for owning these books by the, the newly emergent, powerful Catholic Church. So for the first time in over a thousand years, these things have now seen the light of day. Uh, for a long time, we've had scraps of manuscripts of some of these. Mainly what we had were letters and books written opposing them that would quote bits and pieces, but we didn't have the books themselves. Now we have the books. 
perhaps the most famous among them was the Gospel of Thomas, very Gnostic gospel that uh, purports to be a collection of the sayings of Jesus. And especially if you were around in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, when one of the largest sections of any bookstore was New Age, right there with the crystals and right there with the you know, hidden scrolls of the elders of some off-planet thing, you'd find tons of the lost gospels, the forbidden book, the true gospels. They latched upon this um, Gnostic stuff. And, and by the way, I've got pages after pages of how they found them, what they did with them, how they got them out of the country, because it's, it is quite a mystery and an adventure story. It's a whole lot more interesting and true than things like the uh, Da Vinci Code. So people should write truth, don't you think? Because it, it, it is exciting. I mean, this bit is. Um, Carl Jung got a hold of this, and Jungian psychology has a great debt to the Gospel of Thomas for putting into words some concepts that Jung had. Uh, I have a 1979 edition of, a, of the, all of these books. They're called the Nag Hammadi books. I've got one. Uh, it's one of the earliest editions of all of them. And others have now, you know, oh my, there's so many. Um, 1988, Harper and Rowe put out a new edition, which is probably the most commonly available. Should you care? Not really. Uh, are they important to your faith walk? No, not, not at all, because they're Gnostic. And Gnostic means that they've got a lot of sayings of Jesus that Jesus just would not have said. And there are bizarre ones, bizarre sayings that have zero meaning. And therefore you can read into them any meaning you want. So I'm, I'll let you look at uh, the Gospel of Thomas if you want to. You do need to know there are no scholars, zero. There are no historians. There are zero um, linguists who believe that this was written by Thomas. Not a one. And there are none who believe it was original sayings of Jesus that I can find. You find a lot of people who have doctorates in other fields who say, yeah, this, is, this really rings true. I, you know, I, I think this is what Jesus would say, as if they would know, as if they would know what he would say. But they'll go, yeah, yeah, this is pretty much, you know. Um, I, I love engineers. But if an engineer is going to talk to me about what vitamin supplement I should have for my bones and bone health, I'm going to go, whoa, that's not your field, right? And the same back, you know, if I have a chiropractor who says, well, we're going to build a bridge, I'm going to go, let's get engineers. So sometimes you need people that really know the history, the linguistics, they know how this is put together and they cry out with one voice, this is a late book. It's early in that it didn't, it wasn't written in the year 800, but it's not written by Thomas. And by the way, you should be glad. Gnostics are not egalitarian. They are not charitable. You know, if I have the knowledge that I'm special and you can just starve to death on the street because I'm special. And I don't have to deal with reality because I'm special. You have to deal with reality for me, but I don't because I'm special. It's, it's really not, uh, not a good thing. Gnosticism demotes God. It has to split him into two. 
the God of the universe is a bad God because of bad stuff. But the real hidden God, that's the one we've, we've caught. Makes you wonder how good he is at hiding. It perverts Jesus' teaching um, in so many ways. If you read the Gospels, you cannot, and the Gospels are well attributed, you cannot grab this late book out of a desert somewhere and go, oh, this trumps everything. No, it really doesn't. It elevates man to God-like status? Nope. It elevates the devil to equal status to God? Dualism? That's more of a Zoroastrianism uh, precept than it is Christian. And it puts all kinds of burdens on people. You have to fast until you drop dead. You have to, I, it's just awful. It also, if it doesn't do that, it removes all the moral laws and lets you um, basically live your life as a libertine, having sex with whatever you can catch and eating and drinking whatever you can, drugs, whatever, you know, despoiling yourself and others because nothing matters. Not a great religion. So let's just say books that were found there they believe belong to a sect of Gnostics and they were hiding their books. So uh, probably came out of Syria, uh, the Gospel of Thomas did. I'm just skipping past a whole bunch of history here. Um, you know, as Jesus, for example, in chapter six, telling the apostles, don't fast, don't pray, don't give to the poor. You're just supposed to reach inside yourself and find the truth and that's all you need. Does that sound like Jesus to you? Um, no. It's, it, in many ways, it's like the New Age. I remember many years back, what was the early 80s or the like, um, or late 80s, Disney's Pocahontas came out and every rock and every tree and everything has, is, is a God and has a spirit and has a name. Well, in, um, uh, in Gnosticism, in the Book of Thomas, it has Jesus saying, I'm everything. You split a piece of wood, I'm there. Lift a stone and you'll find me there. Um, really? What? Um, and then, uh, this Jesus also preaches against circumcision, saying if it was of any value, then when children were born, they'd already be circumcised. I don't want to do any more of this, guys. <laughs> this is just pretty much a terrible book. Uh, there's a Gospel of Marcion, which, nope. Um, he was very Gnostic. This book is very Gnostic. Marcion was just a guy that rejected the Old Testament because he thought that God was awful, split gods. None of these hidden books are hidden. Not a one. You can get them. The secret book of John. No, it's not secret. You can get it online. The Gospel of Philip. It's rubbish. What about the Gospel of Judas? Do you remember that one? Oh, that came on with great fanfare. It even hit National Geographic big time. Ooh, we have found it. it. It was immediately shown to be late a fraud. Judas never wrote it. It was written by some Gnostics and then forgotten because some books just need to be forgotten. But it's there if you want to read it, if you got the time. But here's the thing. If God is God, he's going to make sure his information gets out there. He's not going to hide it in Gnostic sayings under a rock where only a few people can figure out what it really says. Instead, God's going to give us not a book, but a person, the Christ. He is our book. He, according to scripture itself, is the word of God. So we've seen all this. Next week, 
something new. Enjoy your July 18th. Support us if you can. Please subscribe. And if you have questions, Patrick at rsafeharbor.com. Cheers.